The Holy Gospel according to St. Luke, the 21st chapter. Jesus said there will be signs in the sun, the moon, and the stars, and on the earth distress among nations, confused by the roaring of the seas and the waves. People will faint with fear and foreboding of what is coming upon the world, for the powers of the heavens will be shaken. Then they will see the Son of Man coming in the clouds with power and great glory. Now when these things begin to take place, stand up and raise your heads, because your redemption is drawing near. Then he told them a parable. Look at the fig tree and all the trees. As soon as they spout leaves, you can see for yourselves and know that summer is already near. So also, when you see these things taking place, you know that the kingdom of God is near. Truly, I tell you, this generation will not pass away until all things have taken place. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. Be on guard, so that your hearts are not weighed down with dissipation and drunkenness, and the worries of this life, that the day does not catch you unexpectedly like a trap. For it will come upon all of us who live on the face of the earth. Be alert at all times, praying that you might have the strength to escape all these things that will take place, and to stand before the Son of Man. The Gospel of the Lord. Please be seated. Elise and I are living in a condo that she bought about 20 years ago. And although she's taking great care of it, any dwelling place that's been around for 20-some years needs some attention after a while. Well, this past year, with refinance rates being so low that they were practically giving away money, we talked about it and said, well, it would be nice to refi and take some money out and do some renovations. Do the normal things that houses need. Updates on the kitchen, updates in the bath, repair the cracks in the ceiling, etc." We jokingly called it our Build Back Better plan. Based on our lawyer's recommendations, we went with a local bank. They, have, they, keep their own mortgage port, they keep their own mortgage portfolio and do not sell them to the large mega banks who have offices God knows where. We really appreciate the idea of being able to work locally. However, because the bank was small, their mortgage staff, shall we say, was minuscule. We, uh, we were told by the staff it would take several weeks because we weren't the only people looking for a loan, and that was fine with us. But we thought, okay, we're still going to be able to build back better this summer. However, as the poet Robert Burns reminds us, the best laid plans of mice and men go off in a stray. The three staff that were assigned to our case overlapped 
and between vacations, planned and unplanned surgeries, and lost files, we spent all summer trying to get things together. Lisa and I sort of felt like ping pong balls being bat batted back and forth among the three staff members, and we had to hand carry all of our paperwork to them three times until they finally said, oh, I guess we have that paperwork anyway. We had taken such so long in the process that our the contractor that we had contracted for the end of the summer had to move on to other jobs, and so he just started us this past week. And even the stuff he's working on right now, which he can do during the winter, will only be there as much as he can do because one of the things that he has to do to refinish the floors, the oak floors, you really need to do that in the spring or summer when you can leave the windows and doors open so you don't asphyxiate yourself with the fumes. We figure it'll be done next June, a year later. We're taking time for renewal, time to build back better. It's said that Societies like individuals learn more from their mistakes, from their hardships, from their disasters than they do from their successes. We love to celebrate successes. We give out kudos and self-congratulations. We feel good about ourselves. There doesn't seem to be any need for review or introspection. On the other hand, a tragedy, a setback, a disaster, whether personal or national, causes not only sorrow, regret, and pain, but a deep yearning to understand the causes of that problem and to look for ways of fixing it. One such national tragedy happened to the Jewish people 600 years before Jesus. It was a, a time when the great powers of the Middle East, Assyria, Egypt, Babylon, were on the move, and the small nation of Israel was like a pawn caught in the crosshairs between those three nations. To those people in that time comes the prophet Jeremiah, who, like the prophets who were his contemporaries, like Isaiah and Amos, comes down hard on the people who are in Jerusalem. Now, he doesn't want to, but he says to them, look, you and the rulers, you rulers and you people, you have forsaken your God, and God's going to deal with it in a way that you're not going to like. For this, they will be punished, he says. He foresees and reluctantly prophesies the destruction of Jerusalem by the forces of Babylon. Now he loved Jerusalem, and the thought of him, the thought that his beloved Jerusalem will be destroyed causes him to weep. He's, he's been known as the weeping prophet because he laments over all the things that is, are going to happen in Jerusalem. He wishes that he could have done something other than prophesy what God told him to prophesy. But he is faithful 
and will do what God requires it to do. Jerusalem will be destroyed. The people of Judea will have to learn a bitter lesson. They have sinned against God and will have to be punished. And yet, as Jeremiah says, and yet, while this punishment will, see, will surely come, that is not the end, says Jeremiah. In today's lesson, Jeremiah hears the voice of God saying, the days are surely coming when it will fulfill the promise I made to the house of Israel and the house of Judah. In those days and at that time, I will cause a righteous branch to spring up from David. He shall execute justice and righteousness in the land. In those days, Judah will be saved and Jerusalem will live in safety. And this is the name by which it will be called, the Lord is our righteousness. Think of it. Despite the destruction that is about to take place, it is not the end of things, but the beginning of something new, no matter how painful it might be at the moment. Like the pain of childbirth, which leads to the joy of seeing your newborn and handling them, or the pain of the bitter chill of winter that makes you think that nothing can grow, which sets the, seed, sets the soil and the seed so that once the warmth and the rain comes, that the spring will make those things grow. So it is that the destruction of Jerusalem will lead to a righteous branch coming from the house of David. This is true, says Jeremiah. It has been said that human beings are great at destroying what God has built up. The Bible is full of examples of this. At the same time, we know that this destruction that we humans create is not the last word. For we know whenever human beings destroy what God has already planned, God will build it back up again. Think of it. Humans destroy, God builds back up. You could probably call this the very first build back better plan. Today is the first Sunday in Advent, the first day of Advent, a period when we focus on God building back up not just in the time of Jeremiah, not just in the time of Jesus, but also now. We prepare ourselves to receive Jesus as he was received at first, a helpless little baby born to refugee parents in an inn where there was no room with only shepherds to view the holy child. So as we prepare for the civic holiday, the decorated trees, the lawn decorations, the ornaments, the displays, even the wrapping of paper, wrapping of presents. As we prepare for those things, we also prepare for the Christ child who entered our lives 2,000 years ago. We could say that was part of God's Build Back Better plan. The destruction of Jerusalem will lead to the savior of the house of David, who rules not just in Jerusalem, but in all of the universe for
for all eternity. And yet that is not all. For in this Advent, we also celebrate that God is not still not done, that God still builds back better. In our communion liturgy, we often say those ancient words of the church, that ancient creed that, that comes from very early in the church. Christ has died. Christ has risen. Christ will come again. We remind ourselves that when Christ comes the next time, God will even build back in more mysterious, more spectacular, and more loving ways. Come, Lord Jesus, we say, for we know you are not done with us yet. So in this Advent season, and always, we wait for God to finish his work. He has promised to come and bring renewal to us. All we can do is watch, wait, and be prepared for his renewal. Amen. Thank you for listening to this week's sermon from Holy Trinity Evangelical Lutheran Church in Newington, New Hampshire, part of the Evangelical Lutheran Church in America. Pastor Tim has left Holy Trinity to take a position at Lutheran World Relief. Over the next few weeks, Holy Trinity will have a few supply pastors on Sunday mornings until we find an interim pastor. You can find us at htelc.com. And don't forget, you are loved.